Welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show. We'll get you from point A to point B. But if you're looking for point C, well, buddy, you're on your own. But if you'll wait right here, in just about two minutes, the bus to point C will be coming right by. And now, here's your Ralph Cramden of the Airways, Eric Metaxas! Hey there, folks. Welcome to the program. Albin, welcome. Yes, sir. Yeah. Welcome. I want you to feel welcome, too, like you're part of it. I, f- I, feel, I feel that way right now. No. I feel the love. I, feel I want love. you to feel like you're part of this program. And you know what? As far as I'm concerned, you are. Thank you. Uh, now, listen, folks. We've got two guests today. Actually, three guests today. Um, the first hour today is the most disgusting program we've ever done. I think I could say that without any doubt. Uh, not because of the guest. The guest is wonderful. His name is Tom Haviland. You'll you know you'll hear about him from him, but he talks about long white fibrous clots discovered in the cadavers uh, of people pretty much since the vaccine started. He did a survey. This is real. It's disgusting, but it's extremely telling. And so uh, I don't know which hour, if that's going to be hour one or two today, but I want to tell you, you need to you need to hear what he has to say and follow the links. Folks, as you know, this is the Eric Metaxas show. It's the show about everything. We like to talk about, uh, I don't know, everything. And I realized recently uh, we needed to talk more about embalming and blood clots. We haven't covered embalming and blood clots very much on the program, and I apologize, but I thought we'll get to it. Today's the day. So let's talk embalming. Uh, I'm actually not kidding. I uh, got a letter, a note from someone Uh, a retired Air Force major and electrical engineer uh, who's done a deep dive into a really tremendously serious, gruesome issue. Uh, And I have to say that um, I watched uh, a documentary on this. I think it was the the Die Suddenly documentary by Epic Times. Uh, And I said, this is really crazy, and it's crazy the mainstream media is not covering this. So Tom... Haviland is my guest. Tom, welcome. Hi, Eric. Thanks for having me on the show to talk about this very important topic. Yes. And I'll, by the way, I'll try not to gag. I just want to be upfront. I will try. <laughs> no, look, this is when I saw the video, um, the Die Suddenly video, that's what brought you. You're not in this business. You're a retired Air Force major, electrical engineer. But what got your attention, you said somebody needs to speak out and draw attention to this, which is what you're doing, and you're doing it on this program. But tell us about that process for you when you sure. said this is not getting coverage. This needs to get covered. This is gigantic yeah. information. Thanks, Eric. Sure will. Yeah, uh, the week of Thanksgiving of last year, the Died Suddenly film came out. It came out on the Stu Peters Network, and I started to watch the movie, and it was kind of crazy when it first started. They had Bigfoot in there and the moon landing. I said, what is, what's going on here? But I stuck with it, and I watched the film, and, it, and I'm glad that I did, Eric, because at the 13-minute and 15-second point, an amazing statement is made. An embalmer from the state of Indiana, a Mr. Wallace Hooker, was recently speaking at an Ohio Embalmers Association conference in October 26th of last year. 
And during that conference, he was presenting to a room of about 100 embalmers. And he showed them photos of these white fibrous clots that he's been pulling out of his corpses for the last year and a half. And he asked the room of embalmers, are you seeing these same clots? And he said that almost the entire room of 100 embalmers raised their hands. Yes, they were. Okay, let me just say, parenthetically, this is disgusting, but there's no way around it. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're talking about um, is happening, not getting covered. And so, yes, I remember watching this film die suddenly. Uh, My friend Barbara, who lives in the Woodlands in Texas, sent it to me and I started watching it and the film begins. It's a little bit all over the place. Talk about, I mean, but then suddenly it comes in, lands the plane on what you just said, that a man is presenting, he's in the industry, he's an embalmer. And he says, I have for the last year and a half been seeing this incredibly weird phenomenon. And it's again, disgusting, but these long fibrous clots that I've been in this business a long time. I've not seen this. And we have to describe when, years. You're, when you're embalming, obviously you're putting embalming fluid through people's arteries. Yeah. If you're having problem doing that, you say, well, why am I having a problem doing that? And then you say, oh, oh, there's a clot in the artery. And so he talks about this and lo and behold, everyone in the room says, oh yeah, we have noticed this two in the last 18 months. That's the key. So keep going. So uh, the next day I said to myself, well, I'm not sure anybody, any journalist is going to follow up on this story. So I myself contacted the Ohio Embalmers Association. They're located in Cincinnati, Ohio. I talked to their secretary, Mr. David Hicks, their president, Mr. Dan Becker, and their second vice president, Mr. Woody Wilson and asked if any of those gentlemen would happen to be in the room at the time that the 100 embalmers supposedly raised their hands. None of the three, unfortunately, were in the room at the time that happened. But one of the embalmers, uh, uh, Mr. Woody Wilson, who runs a um, funeral home up in Marysville, Ohio, and does his own embalming, says, Tom, I'm seeing these white fibrous clots too. So that right there told me, you know what, we need to do a survey, a nationwide survey to find out just how many embalmers are seeing this phenomenon and when they started seeing it, right, this is a big deal. So that led me to the creation of an embalmer blood clot survey. Okay, so you – see, this is so beautiful. This is the United States of America. Somebody just says, nobody else is doing this. I've got the time. Somebody needs to do this. And you do this. I mean, kudos to you because it's, it's just amazing. You, you know, wouldn't you think that other people would have done this before you were retired uh, Air Force major? Uh, but they didn't. So you take it on yourself to do a survey to say, okay, what – If we look out there uh, into the world of people who do this for a living, what do we find? So what did you discover? So uh, what I did is I used a top-down approach and a bottom-up approach to send the survey out to as many people as possible and many active embalmers. So we used a a tool called SurveyMonkey to develop the the survey, and we asked the basic questions, you know, who, what, where, when, why, and how. The two questions we left out were the who because there's a privacy to the embalming room. And also embalmers really didn't want to identify who they were because that can cause some trouble for them. <laughs> so we gave them the chance to do the uh, survey anonymously. We also really couldn't ask the question why because embalmers are not qualified to say why the clots are forming. But we can answer the questions what, you know, are you seeing the clots? 
when, when did you first start seeing the clots, right? Where, where in the body are you finding them? And then finally, in what percentage of your corpses are you finding these clots? So we asked the, the survey centered around those four main questions. So th what I did is I sent these surveys to the presidents of 30 state uh, funeral director associations. I picked the 30 most populated states, and I picked blue states as well as red states. You know, I sent it to Ohio, Florida, and Texas, but I also sent the survey to California, Illinois, New York, and Massachusetts. And we asked those presidents of those associations to forward the survey to all the members, the funeral home directors, and the active embalmers under their associations. So that should have been hundreds of embalmers, right? We also used a, a bottom-up approach. I actually sent the survey directly to over 800 funeral homes across the nation. I looked up the, the addresses of funeral homes like in, you know, for California, for example, in Los Angeles, San Jose, San Diego, Sacramento, San Francisco, and Oakland area, and sent the email to them. So we used both of this approach to get the maximum amount of participation as possible. Unfortunately, though, we only got 128 responses. I was hoping to get more of three or 400. But we got 128 responses. I, you know, I think people are afraid to answer the, the, the survey to a large extent because they know there may be repercussions if they try to tie it to the vaccine. OK, and uh, we haven't mentioned the term vaccine yet during the program, but that's the yeah. question. You say if this is happening, why is it happening now? What changed uh, in 2021 uh, or whatever? What happened that suddenly we're seeing this and the and it's pretty obvious that it's covid related it's vaccine related i mean that would be anybody guessing would guess that and there has been such a chill uh, among Americans about talking about these things you better not talk about don't, don't bring that up don't bring that up which of course is fundamentally un-american and sick but that's where we are today so you're telling me that you only got 128 Responses. That's a lot of responses. Uh, it's Tom. still a good enough to see a signal, I believe, Eric. And you're right. We what we did it, it uh, when we sent the survey in the instructions, nor in the survey itself. The questions: Do I ever mention the words COVID or COVID vaccine? I only asked them, you know, what you see, when you're seeing it, where you're seeing it in the body, and how much are you seeing. So, in terms of the results, the first question: What percentage are of the uh, embalmers are seeing it? 88 out of the 128 embalmers that responded to the survey said they are indeed seeing these white fibrous clots. 88 out of 128. That's 69 percent, almost seven out of every 10 embalmers that responded are saying they are indeed seeing and by, these clots. And by the way, the, the, the point is that they hadn't been seeing them before and they don't even know what it is. Correct. It's a mystery the to them. They're have. just reporting on what they see, but they don't even know what that's, it is. They have no context. Right. This is unprecedented. The second question we asked was, what years did you see the clots? And we had 2018 and 2019 uh, as control years, you know, before there was COVID, right? I put 2020 on there at, as well as, a, as an option. That was a year that we had COVID but no vaccines yet. And then the years 2021 and 2022 when we had both COVID and the vaccines. The responses we got, the main consensus of the embalmers is that the clots started, these white fibrous clots started in the year 2021, and continued into 2022 after the rollout of the vaccines. Now, there's a few questions I have, um, uh, many, many questions. But but first of all, um, did, did any of them uh, or did, is, is there anybody explaining what these clots 
are? What 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 are they comprised yeah, of? These are not blood clots. What are they? No, there's some theories out there. They're definitely not blood clots because they're white fibrous structures, and they've actually uh, sent some into a lab for analysis, and they found that they contain very little iron, magnesium, or potassium, which is common and in, in high quantities in normal blood. So the theory is that they're being caused by amyloid proteins. Animal. And going back to the question, amyloid proteins. Amyloid proteins. We're going to we're going to go to a break, folks. Um, we're talking about a tremendously serious issue. Uh, my guest is Tom Haviland. Don't go away. There is no end to what we can do together. Big bright shiny yellow sun. Come and watch your children play. They think you're the Folks, welcome back. I'm talking to Tom Haviland, who's a retired Air Force major uh, and electrical engineer, who's taken it upon himself to delve into something that is epidemic across the United States, which is to say embalmers around this country have since 2021 noticed something that they'd never noticed before, strange uh, white fibrous blood clots present in the bodies of those uh, they are tasked with embalming. Um, Nobody seems to be talking about this. Uh, the conclusions uh, are very interesting. I mean, if you if you begin to look into this, you'd say, well, what began in 2021? Why are we seeing these? What are these things? You were just describing, Tom, um, what they're speculating these clots are. And again, this is sort of disgusting, but this is it, it's actually quite disgusting. But the point is that these are long, fibrous clots, but they are not blood clots. You just established it. And you said that they were comprised of what? Yeah, the uh, amyloid proteins is one of the theories out there that, and actually some of the embalmers, there were a few that said that they saw the uh, clot starting in 2020. And we know that the COVID virus itself actually has a spike protein on the surface. And the spike protein could be help, helping to form what's called these amyloid or misshaped, uh, misfolded proteins that then become hard to break down in the body. We all have a uh, enzyme called plasmin that typically breaks down clotting that forms inside our body when, when we get uh, injured or there's a repair of, of uh, blood vessels inside the body. But if the protein is misshapenly folded, then it becomes difficult for that enzyme plasmin to attach to the protein to break down the clot, and then it starts to persist. The theory out there is that maybe the introduction of the vaccines in 2021 supercharged this effect. Because if you recall, the vaccines were supposed to stay in your upper arm, produce the spike protein only for a few days to a week or so to elicit an immune response from your own immune system, and then its job is done. But we now know that the mRNA injections go all over your body. The mRNA is found everywhere in the body. So it's turning your whole body into a spike protein factory. And it's not lasting for just a few days to a week or so. They've been finding the mRNA continuing to do this for months. So that's my theory is that, that it may, like I said, this first appeared during COVID itself in 2020 to a smaller extent, but now it's been a supercharged effect with the advent of the vaccines. So we know that these uh, that these strange um, white fibrous clots are are being found uh, in corpses. I guess one question first is: Is it possible that these clots are contributing to the deaths of those who are being posthumously Absolutely. examined? 
Absolutely. Yeah, they could be blocking you know, critical arteries and, and veins. And then, uh, you know, if a part of a clot breaks loose, it could cause an embolism. Then, you know, if it goes to a, a critical uh, juncture that can cause a heart attack or a stroke. So what's interesting, Eric, is at the very end of the survey, we gave the embalmers an opportunity to uh, provide some comments, more comments about the white fibrous clots if they wanted to or what they were seeing. And like I said earlier, we never mentioned the words COVID or COVID vaccine at all in the entire survey. But despite that fact, we got quite a few answers from embalmers that, that were talking about the vaccines. Let me read a few of them to you. Okay. Here's one from Alabama. I've seen clotting coming from most any of the points of incision. I mainly embalm in common carotids, and I have seen many white fibrous clots about the time the vaccine came out. I've seen an increase in COVID for the jelly clots as well. Here's a naysayer comment from California. I've never seen any white clots or any increase in grape jelly clots. Not sure what you're getting at. Do you believe this is vaccine related or something? I've embalmed over 500 people from 2020 to now, and I've never seen any of this. Here's another one from Ohio. People that were COVID confirmed had bad grape jelly clots. It was early 2021 when we started seeing the white fibrin structures being pulled out of both veins and arteries. And here's, this is a key point, Eric. Most uh, embalmers, they, they'll find clots once in a while in the veins, but very rarely have they ever found uh, clots clotting in the arteries. So the fact that they're now starting to find these white fiber structures on the arterial side is very, very intriguing and very unusual. Prior to 2021, we never pulled a clot from an artery. I just pulled a white structure from the right common carotid yesterday. I'll read a few more of them to you. Here's one from Missouri. The clots almost look like large nightcrawler worms. They are usually very long. They kind of branch off the main clot. I started noticing them after the COVID vaccine came out. I've been embalming for the last 13 years. I've only started seeing these clots for the last year or two. Here's another naysayer com from, uh, uh, comment from Arizona. I have seen zero changes to the presentation of human remains in the last few years. It is clear that this is a poor attempt at farming anecdotes to malign the COVID vaccine. Please don't do this or claim that any anonymous survey data is any sort of substitute for rigorous scientific research. Now, Eric, do you, do you think that those the, the two naysayers are simply lying, or is it possible that, that uh, for some reason they are not seeing what everyone else is seeing? I cannot speculate, Eric. I, I, the survey depended on honest answers from everybody around the country. I want the active involvement, and I didn't throw any answers away. This, you know, My survey was right. totally unbiased. Right. I kept whatever data I got, whatever they said, I kept. Well, I just want to say, if there's anybody out there who's had the vaccine and is frightened, let me encourage you, I'm not kidding, to pray, to ask God mm -hmm. to heal you. He's in charge of when you enter this world and leave it. And I really want to say that. There are a lot of people, maybe they, uh, they're feeling fear. Trust God, pray, uh, and ask him to heal you or to lead you uh, to whatever you need. Uh, we'll be right back, folks, uh, talking about a very important subject. Don't go away.
Folks, welcome back. Uh, I'm talking um, about a really hugely serious subject. Uh, It's gruesome. Uh, Tom Haviland is my guest. He's a retired Air Force major and electrical engineer who's taken it upon himself to investigate investigate something that he uh, first noticed while watching a film. Tell us about the film because I think many people will want to watch the film. And by the way, that film is extremely disgusting, but... um, you know, if you're maybe it'll encourage you to eat less and you lose weight because it's that disgusting. But it, it's a film called <laughs> Die Suddenly. Die Suddenly, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, go ahead. It appeared on the Stu Peters Network. It's, it, you can still find it, I think, on Rumble. And it's about an hour long documentary and about half the film, about a, a half hour, is devoted to these seven embalmers finding these white fibrous clots. Like I said, I was happy that my survey has verified, corroborated with 88 embalmers seeing the same thing that those, you know, seven or so in in the Died Suddenly film saw. And I want to uh, piggyback on something you said before the break, Eric. You know, it's important for people to pray. Dr. Ryan Cole has also said that there's a good chance that if you haven't had any negative side effect from, from the vaccine, you may be all right, because a lot of people may have gotten what we call duds. Because if you remember, the, the vaccines are supposed to be stored at very cold temperatures. And you remember a lot of long lines in the summertime at, foot, at stadiums and stuff, people getting their vaccine. Maybe by the time they got their vaccine dose, the, the mRNA had turned inert. So there's a good chance if you're not having any problems, you're not suffering any side, ill side effects, that you may have gotten a dud. And, so and you'll, inept, you'll be safe. ineptitude can be a blessing. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, it's kind of amazing to think that, yeah. One of the things I do want to point out uh, here at the end is that Big Pharma is trying to retool a lot of their vaccines in the future using the same mRNA technology. And if it is true, if, if, if what my survey indicates is correct, that these white fibrous clots are not just prevalent, but they're also may be linked, and I say may, to the COVID-19 vaccines, then this could be disastrous for humanity, right, if Big Pharma goes down the route of retooling all these vaccines using the same mRNA mRNA technology that may be causing these white fibrous clots. So, you know, I call on uh, Big Pharma to do much more investigation, the CDC, the FDA. I think the Congress should actually, of the United States, should actually consider putting a moratorium, a ban on these mRNA injections for the next couple of years until we, until Big Pharma can prove without a shadow of a doubt that these these mRNA-based vaccines are, are, are actually safe and effective. Yes, which, which, which will never happen. Look, let's be yeah. let's be honest. Uh, na- knowing what we now know, I would tell everyone not to get the vaccine, not to too. get the booster. Uh, I don't. It seems clearer and clearer and clearer that it's a bad idea, no matter how you slice it. Uh, in the beginning, and this is how Trump got suckered into going along with this, there was so much fear mongering uh, in the medical community that if you're not a doctor, as he uh, isn't and I'm not, you, you just said, oh, let's get these vaccines. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Because you didn't know. And because covid was presented as a, some kind of a death sentence, it's like the bubonic plague. Uh, they, of course, made it impossible to get treatment from whether it's ivermectin, hydrochloroquine. They, they, they made that difficult. So the death rates increased. And they said, well, see, people are dying. Uh, you need to get these vaccines. No matter how you look at it, uh, in retrospect, it seems like a bad idea 
to get the vaccines. And we see the greed of big pharma. Ladies and gentlemen, do you understand how much money, how much money? If you get everybody in the world says, oh, we got to take that and then a booster and then another one. Do you understand the money we're talking about, folks? Do you understand what people will do who are not ethical people to get money? They're going to look the other way if there's side effects. They're going to do whatever they have to do. That's basically... Uh, a big part of the story here. And by the grace of God, uh, truth tellers like you, uh, Tom, and, and others are trying to bring this information out, succeeding slowly. Uh, and we have more and more information that the last thing you'd want to do is get one of these vaccines. I mean, the film Die Suddenly, uh, I, I don't know who Stu Peters is, but th- there are clearly people who see something is afoot. Why is everyone dying Suddenly, what does it mean to die suddenly? Why are young people dying suddenly? Uh, a lot of this is being hushed up. We don't know. You you seem never to know why did so and so die suddenly, and what is this new die suddenly phenomenon? What is happening? Right, and, and, and Eric, it's good news that I think Americans are actually starting to figure it out. I looked at the CDC vaccination status uh, tracker site yesterday. And that even though uh, 80% of American adults over the age of 18 got the uh, primary series of shots, the first two shots, you know, Pfizer and Moderna, less than 20% of Americans have taken the latest Omicron bivalent booster. It's been out there for almost five months now. Even though it's being pushed by Dr. Fauci and and Rochelle Lewinsky, less than 20% have taken that that latest shot. So they're figuring it out. They're figuring out that shot's not working. It doesn't stop you from catching COVID or transmitting to others. And they're starting to see all this information come out now about these adverse side effects. But again, think about the irony. Let's say it stops you. Let's say that it actually worked, which it doesn't. But let's say that it did. I still wouldn't get it. I got COVID. People get COVID. This is not something for which you want to risk your life with an experimental jab. When I first uh, began understanding this and I, I put on some social media that, you know, don't don't get the jab, folks. Don't don't. This, this is not necessary. People mm-hmm. came after me that I'm spreading misinformation and lies. And, and listen, I know that they obviously believe that. But I'm sorry to say that, uh, unfortunately, uh, it was not misinformation and lies. It was true that this stuff was so experimental as to have tremendous downside potential. Now we see the downside. Um, We're talking uh, about this survey. Uh, Is there a place online where uh, people listening to the program can access this information? Yeah, a good article was written about the survey last week by a a, uh, Substack author named a Midwestern doctor. If you go to that uh, uh, Substack page, you'll see a, a nice article written about the survey, and it also links to a couple of videos as well that, uh, that talk about the survey. One by Dr. Chris Martinson from Peak Prosperity. I don't know if you know him. He does a YouTube channel. Uh, he did a uh, video called A Clot Too Far. It actually, also feature- it, 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 it becomes funny. It's so horrible. Uh, but we'll yeah. be back. Final segment, folks. Uh, we're talking about an important subject. Don't go away.
folks. I'm talking to retired Air Force major and retired electrical engineer Tom Haviland, uh, who is just an average American. But let me tell you, average Americans are above average because they do things like take it upon themselves to look into things and to tell the truth when journalists are not doing that, when people in the medical profession are looking the other way. So I want to say, Tom Havlin, on behalf of everyone in this country, thank you uh, for doing your duty as an American, far beyond your duty as an American. Um, what would you recommend people look up if they want to find more information on this? You just mentioned a, a Substack author who calls himself a Midwestern doctor. I guess that's Correct. he's not giving his whole name. Just I mean, not giving his name, just a Midwestern doctor. And you mentioned Chris Martinson. Correct. He has a YouTube channel called Peak Prosperity and did a video recently called A Clot Too Far, where he actually interviews one of the gentlemen in the film, Richard Hirschman, one of the embalmers in the film, died suddenly, as well as another embalmer named Anna Marie Foster. And then midway through that presentation, he talks about the uh, my survey data that I collected. And Eric, I want to thank you. You know, the data, I've studied this for the last two years, Eric, and you are clearly, clearly on the right side of history by advocating people not to get the vaccine. As you said, it's not necessary. COVID was ver- is very mild now. Uh, and the, the shots, as far as I'm concerned, have a lot of dangers involved with them with these, these side effects. There, there, yeah, that, I don't see any upside, and I see a lot of potential downside. And by the that's way, correct. dying, that's, a, that's kind of a big downside, folks. And you keep hearing <laughs> and hearing and hearing of people dying suddenly. I don't know how many of them are dying as a side effect, but it has to be a significant mm-hmm. amount. And I want to say again, uh, if you've had uh, any of these jabs, pray. God knows... Uh, how to heal, and he's in the business of healing and giving us hope. That's real, folks. I want to. I want to be very clear that that's. I say to anybody I know who uh, who's had these vaccines, you're not supposed to be gripped by fear. Let your fear drive you uh, to ask God to help you. Um, we. Um, where else can people look, or where would you direct people, uh, Tom, if they want to find out more information? Uh, also, uh, multimillionaire Steve Kirsch runs a vaccine safety research foundation. I would uh, direct people to go there because they, they talk uh, at length about all the different side effects from the vaccines. Say this again, what, Steve Kirsch? Kirsch, yeah, K-I-R-S-C-H. Steve, Steve Kirsch, Kirsch, and he runs, uh, yeah. what's it called? Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. Foundation. More and more people are doing their own research on this stuff, just as you have done. uh, And they're discovering that uh, you can't trust the mainstream media because the mainstream media is in bed with big pharma. uh, People don't want to get in trouble. Um, again, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I've said it over and over and over. If you're any kind of a Christian, you call yourself a Christian. I only say this because I'm a Christian. You have an obligation, uh, to do the right thing, to speak when other people are telling you, Hey, shut up. You say, excuse me. No, uh, I have an obligation to speak the truth, uh, in love and telling the truth about what's going on around us, or even asking questions about it is a fundamental right. We have in the United States of America. People have died. Uh, so that we could have that right. People have put their lives on the line so that we could have these rights. And the efforts of of many uh, to silence those who want to ask questions, um, uh, we we have to make sure that we don't let them succeed. 
um, and we have to have grace for people who got this wrong. Uh, I'm just so grateful to you, uh, Tom Haviland, for, for doing this. Uh, maybe people want to look at the documentary Die Suddenly, uh, or again, they can go to Steve Kirsch, K-I-R-S-C-H, Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. You also mentioned Peak Prosperity, Chris Martinson, uh, who made something called A Clot Too Far. Sounds like a joke, but this is very serious. Tom Haviland, God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Eric. Hello, everyone. Dr. Chris Martinson here. And today we are going to be continuing our quest to uncover what has been going on with those clots that embalmers have been finding in deceased people. So today we're turning to the embalmers directly and we're going to be asking them what they've been finding and get their frontline view of what's been going on. Okay, I just want to break in here in the middle of this interview very quickly because I got some incredible data in between the time I recorded that interview and now, which just came to me in my inbox, which is a survey of a whole lot of embalmers. So we've been talking with two of them. Thank you so much to Richard and Ann. We'll come right back to them in just a second to continue that conversation. But let's go now to the survey results. These come to us courtesy of Tom Haviland. He saw the movie, died suddenly, and said, hey, I need to find out more about this. And being the kind of guy he is, well, he went out and conducted a survey. So here it is. Um, He says here, uh, in conjunction with well-known multimillionaire Steve K, I don't know if I can say his name on this channel on YouTube, uh, we have conducted a nationwide, but Steve's an awesome guy. Check out his Substack, um, K-I-R-S-C-H, that guy, amazing guy, does incredible work on this. In conjunction with him, we have conducted a nationwide embalmer blood clot survey during December 22 through January 2023, so they had about two months there. The survey was sent out to the presidents of 30 state funeral directors slash embalmer associations across the USA and um, went out to about 800 funeral homes. Hey, guess what? Uh, over 80 embalmers, they, I think they got 128 res- responses out of this. Over 80 embalmers, about 70% of those surveyed are seeing the same types of clots that we were just talking about. And um, the main consensus is that these white fibrous clots first really appeared in the year 2021, but they have some data. So let's go to that data right now. This is kind of fascinating. I love stuff like this. First up, Here's a list of 50 states. If it's kind of small, I just wanted to show you that every state I highlighted in red didn't respond at all. So we didn't get responses from some states, or Tom didn't. I don't we. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Um, but we, but there weren't responses uh, to this to this survey from some states, and some are highly represented. Ohio got a lot of responses. That's that brown bar up in that third column to the right, and um, just interesting to see which states did and did not respond. So. What happened? Question was asked, have you observed any large whitish fibrous structures or clots in the corpses you have embalmed? Here we have, we see that 68.75% or 88 out of 128 said, yep, sure have. And surprising, 31% said no. So kind of interesting that 31% are saying no or close to a third are saying they have not seen them. First question I would ask is, are we'd have to look at a second layer of this, which is some of these people, some of the embalmers are are very high volume uh, operations. They're dealing with with you know 
hundreds of bodies per year. Some might have come from smaller outfits. They may not have seen it. We would then love to know, is there any difference in sort of regions? Are we getting more no's from one region or set of states than others? Things like that. So we don't have that data here, but for sure, we see that about 70% say, yes, they have seen it. Next question, well, what years did you observe these large whitest fibrous clots structures? Check all years that apply. Let me get my drawing tool out here real quick. And so the same 31% said, nope, haven't seen them. That's that first green bar. Um, yeah, well, about seven or 8% said they, yeah, I remember seven or 8% clicked the boxes for say 2018, 19, a little bit more in 2020, but by and large, with close to 60 and a little over 60% of people of the respondents said that's when that's where we saw them. If I saw them, I most likely saw them in 2021 or 2022. And because of how we can interpret this data, we can say that many of them had not seen them prior or didn't re recollect seeing them prior to 2021. So this tells us, gives us a date when these things started showing up, which matches with what Richard and Anne have been telling us. Also, next question, where in the bodies have you observed these large whitish fibrous structures or clots? Now, it's important to note that in the setup to this, at no point did this survey mention COVID, vaccines, any of that stuff. It was just a straight up survey. Have you seen these sorts of whitish clots? If so, when? And now they're asking the question, where? Again, the same 31% here saying, I didn't see any. But of those who saw them, 60% are saying in the neck, also in the arms, legs, abdomen, and other. So we'll go to other in just a second. It's kind of interesting what showed up in the other descriptions there. Maybe not surprising, given how embalmers work. Many of them work in the neck or carotid arteries as a place to begin the draining and then the uh, embalming fluid process. So maybe not surprising on the wear um, too much, but we'd want to see more about that. But this was interesting. Other notes on the location they got uh, nine different responses. Response one here said, these things, these whitish clots, they are observed coming from the vein that blood is being removed from, i.e. if the carotid artery is being injected with fluid, the clots will come from the jugular vein. Second person said, mainly in jugular veins, smaller fibrous structures, not the big ones, the smaller fibrous structures are seen in arteries. Number three said, in venous, drainage. Number four said, when I massage, I pull them from the jugular vein with my drainage forceps. Um, <clears throat> I suspect I am also breaking them free from somewhere, but not sure where. Response five down here said, they come out of the drain tube while embalming, so they're, free, they're, they're easily dislodged is the point we're getting to here. Anti-mortem clots, typically those associated with atherosclerosis, are really well adhered. They're, they, and they're also very friable. They, they, they're tough and, and adhered, but when you pull on them, they break. They are, because that's a damaged atherosclerosis, is a, is a damage to the wall of the artery. That damaged area is where the clot begins to form and it attaches there. These things seem to come out, you know, once you do a little massaging, you squirt a little stuff in, they come out some other area. So that's interesting. Um, Number six said, hard to describe in some cases, just pulled out during normal embalming. Number seven said, jugular. Number eight said, throughout the body, sadly. Number nine said, everywhere, uh, both venous and arterial. So those are some extra pieces of data that came through or anecdotes. And then the, uh, <clears throat> the question here is, uh, oh, let me get rid of that. Prevalence. Um, make sure I spell that right. 
Question five, what percentage of the corpses in the year 2022 that you have embalmed have had the large, whitest fibrous structures or clots broken into fifths here? Uh, again, the same 31% saying, I didn't see any whatsoever here in green. But below that, this is uh, zero to 20% and 21 to 40%. Well, this is one to 20% because the zero is up here. But um, this is the first fifth going up to 20% of all bodies that they had uh, embalmed in 2022 had these things in it, but roughly a quarter each, I'm sort of generalizing wildly, said that anywhere from 21 to 40% or 40 to 60% of the bodies, that's about half the sample size here, said 20 to 60%, like, like of all the bodies coming in, where if you remember from earlier, these things had not been seen before. And now suddenly some people, some embalmers, for whatever reasons, are starting to see these in upwards of half or more even. Look at this, about 8% of respondents said they're seeing them in 61 to 80% of all the bodies. And one embalmer down here said, gosh, I'm seeing them all the time now. I see them in 80 to 100%. So that is a fairly normal distribution of prevalence you would expect to see with something that's, that's, um, that doesn't happen equally and it's also non random, you would expect to see sort of a distribution around this a little bit where, yeah, for the most part, you're not seeing it, but in some cases you're seeing it a lot. That's just what happens in the experience of life when things are um, distributed that way. So not too surprised by this. And potentially though, we'd have to ask the question that if we had conducted full autopsies on every one of these deceased people, how many times would we have seen it? That would give us a true prevalence. We might not be getting it with embalmers because of if they're you know, um, draining here and inserting fluids there, it might be that the clots weigh down over here and it allows fluid to flow past. Well, it might, you might not notice it ever. So I would suggest if anything, this is probably a minimum prevalence because this is what was noticed during a normal embalming procedure. And so there might be more because again, a normal embalming procedure might miss some things. Um, so here, this question is, have you observed an increase in the number of traditional grape jelly blood clots in the last five years and the corpses you have embalmed? Answers here include yes for the majority of the respondents to call it about two thirds and about a third said no, no increase. And I wonder if these no's are the same as the other no's, hard to know. And then finally here we have a question that says, um, what year did the increase in traditional uh, grape jelly blood clots start? Please select only one answer in this case and select no increase if you haven't observed any increase. And again, we have the same 30 some percent said, nah, no increase whatsoever. Very few people selected 2018, very few in 2019, but interestingly, we now see 2020 starting to show up and then 2021 and 2022 as the, as the year you first noticed this as an embalmer. And so this fits with the idea that COVID itself does cause clotting irregularities. That's a known part of it, but it's causing what are called these grape jelly clots. And people were noticing those in the context of 2020. That makes sense with the idea of COVID itself being a causative agent for additional clotting, which would then show up in a more typical clotting scenario, which is the grape jelly. That's when the blood itself just sort of congeals in place. It's like a, an abnormal clotting reaction that happens inside an artery or a vein. Whereas these fibrous clots, as Richard and Anne Marie have been telling us, they didn't start showing up until about May of 2021. So five months after the initiation, 
of the vaccination campaigns. Make of that what you will. But that's when they started noticing them. But they, too, had noticed an increase in clots back in January. That fits with this data right here. Baby, 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 